We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is, this is, this is, this is. Heat, heat, beat, heat, beat, heat, beat. With Giancarlo Navas and Ryan Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm Giancarlo Navas, and with me today is your normal host, Brian Goins, and a new face, or a new voice, Alphonse. Sir, how are you? Welcome. Hey, what's going on? How you guys doing? You may know him as Alf on Twitter. You, you want to Give out your Twitter handle so people know you. Alf954, is where you guys can find me. Uh, most of Heat Twitter already knows who I am. OG Heat Twitter. Yeah, a little infamous, I guess. Yes, and Brian, you nobody cares about him. Nobody likes you. I don't even use Twitter anymore. Yeah, you don't even tweet anymore, dude. What's I just that? I just read stuff. You're no fun. You used to be fun on Twitter. Now you don't. You have more followers than me, and you don't do anything. Not anymore. Nah, no, I'm just busy. You're zero fun. I am busy. Alpha is so much fun. You're not fun. Well, that's because all you guys have more free time than me. And Alpha's <laughs> also a Giants fan, so he's more. He's happier on Sunday. Oh yeah. Are you happier than us on Sunday? I think you are, right? I am. Just because even when we lose, I still think back. Okay, I've seen uh, four Super Bowls in my lifetime. I'm straight. I've never seen the Dolphins. Be- I'm 23 years old. I've never seen the Dolphins be good. Yeah, right. I, it's it's. Uh, I'm sad. It's a whole generation of Dolphins fans who see nothing but misery. We're all sad, man. But you know, we're also Heat fans, so we're not as sad. Have you guys noticed those uh, those guys on Twitter that are Dolphins fans and Heat fans? The zombies. But they like the Dolphins more, and they kind of slight the Heat every chance they get. Have you noticed that? Steven Ross. Yeah, they have a complex. Yeah, it's weird. I was like, you're fans of both teams. Why do you got to attack the Heat? They do nothing but win. But you know what? We do it to them, too. But, but that team's <laughs> awful. But, but the Dolphins are bad, like, and they deserve everything they get. But you know what it is? It's a segment of Heat Twitter that's like me that, uh, that, that don't root for the Dolphins who take every chance we can get to slight the Dolphins. So... You know, when they get a chance to, to, to take shots back. And so basically what I'm trying to tell you, it's my fault. It's your fault. Uh, <laughs> you take your responsibility. <laughs> I, I take your responsibility for the division amongst South Florida sports fans. It's, right. it's guys like me. It's our fault. But there's like, there's like, a, there's like a legitimate rift. Like sometimes, like, I think like low-key they hate each other sometimes. No, it's, 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 it's palpable. Like you could just... When you, you just, just do hashtag basketball town and just see what happens. <laughs> I love those tweets when they just go, when the Dolphins are losing badly and somebody would just go hashtag basketball town. Tannehill just throw a pick. Oh, they just retweet oh, the man. same Stephen Ross comments talking about how since LeBron James left, it's more of a, we're more of a football town <laughs> exactly. again or whatever that was. Well, speaking of LeBron, Ryan, lies. I know you were telling me, what exactly did he say to Sports Illustrated about, about Riley? I'm going to have to pull up the quotes because I don't want to paraphrase it. I thought you were his, ready. His quotes, no, no. You told me before we started that you were ready, that you knew. 
Unless Alf, unless Alfie manages it verbatim, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to mess this up. Great, he called him the great Pat Riley. That's, that's all you like, really need to know. That's kind of like what Shaq does, though, right? Yeah. Is that it? Everybody's it, making a big deal about that? Well, well you, you should have seen what Spoon it's said. Time, it, like, like Ethan said, it's the, it's the first time he's really addressed Pat Riley, even by name, and it's and, and for him to do it with, with, uh, with a compliment, it's kind of Ethan, Ethan called it a thawing. Like it's the first, you know, the, you know that that rift between them. It seems like you know that was the first salvo. Maybe the first olive branch extended between the two. I got it the would quote. Appear that well, Brian, go. All right, quote LeBron James to Lee Jenkins of Sports Illustrated. He says, "I think a lot about a lot of." <laughs> James agrees. Sometimes too much, but when I try to remember what I what I learned from the great Pat Riley. What is the main thing? Because the main thing has to be the main thing. What the hell that means? That sounds like he's Spolstra. <laughs> sounds like Yo, he's, that's, that's, sounds the main thing. The main thing is a, is is a, is a Rileyism of all Rileyisms. That's I mean, come on, man. That's peak Riley Spoism, man. <laughs> well, that is, yeah, that is peak Riley, right? There. It sounds like he's complaining a lot, like not complaining, but like he says slight things like he's annoyed by how they don't want to win or it's like little. If you've noticed that he just says like these little weird things about the team. I read something that he he taught him how to dress. Did you guys see that as well? I have not seen that, actually. He instituted a dress code. Yes. And banned hoverboards. Yeah, this I did no see fun. the banned hoverboards the ones he bought them or something like he's he's like almost like a babysitter at this point where he's just taking away her toys. Does Miami still hate LeBron? Because I don't even know anywhere. Like, do we care? It's not the same. L- listen, I led the charge on hashtag Team Petty. Oh, that is my favorite thing ever. I love when somebody <laughs> still goes like that, like that Team Petty hashtag. It's the best. I love when it comes out. I had the choice to go Blaze hey, Pizza yesterday, the- and I chose not to because he's yeah. investing in it. Alf, what are you saying? <laughs> No, I'm saying, yeah, like I led the, I was one of the people leading the charge on that, and it's just, I'm telling you, after they lost the finals, it's, you know, I one of my first columns I wanted to write was letting my petty go, <laughs> just That'd talking about <laughs> watching him walk off the court just with his head down, and like the tinge, I mean, it was less than a tenth of a tenth of a percent of pity I had for him was just like, okay, you got yours, you know. I'm done. I'm good. Now it's looking forward to the future for the Heat. Do you like watching him play? Because like I've heard, like my mother will not watch him play, and I'm like, but mom, the the, the game's gonna be good. She's like, I don't want to see him. She's like, she has <laughs> blistering hatred. Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> like, no, well, it's like, funny because she's an Italian woman. Like, describe your mom. My for the audience and for Alf, my mother is a breed between crazy and crazier. Um, okay. And, and she likes basketball, but she's very she's so, you know who she's like. My mom is the woman version of Stugatz. For those of you who listen to, to Levitar, <laughs> she is she even like every time she's listening to Dan, she's like, I agree with Stugatz, and I was like, you're the only person. Like that's scary. <laughs> yeah, so she's woman. So LeBron left, and I'm not even allowed to say his name at the dinner table. Like that's not like Thanksgiving dinner. I was not. I mentioned LeBron, and she's like in Spanish. You do not say that name at the table. Say, say in Spanish. That is awesome. It is like that. I, I, I need to meet your mom. She's oh. awesome. Yeah, no. All she cooks well, really well too. Huh? She cooks really well. She makes oh, some right. top you, salmon. Yeah. You, oh yeah. Yeah, you'd, you'd mooch off of us when you used to live here. So, <laughs> so yeah. No, I was wondering because I know the Cleveland game's coming up. We have the Thunder coming up on Thursday, which is going to be a lot of fun. But that Saturday game, and I, I don't know, like, and I don't want to do the show about what's the reaction going to be, but I, I honestly feel like it's really gone down lately, and it, that's kind of surprised me. Well, I'm not surprised because I am, you got to think about Miami, and you got to think about the fan base and the people who live down here. I mean, how long are we going to hold a grudge? Like, we go outside every day. It's beautiful. Uh, we love where we live. <laughs> Hashtag uh, not Cleveland. Yeah, we're not exactly not Cleveland. Uh, two years after LeBron's gone, you know, one season removed from LeBron, we're already top half of the Eastern Conference. What's there to be mad about? And I think that's the difference between us and Cleveland. In Cleveland, LeBron leaves and it's everything. Everything is gone. You know, it's life is over as far as basketball life in that town. All you're, all you're talking about is your next draft pick. 
we had one season, one game out of the playoffs uh, with a lot to be excited for with Goran Hassan. And now you're coming into this season with, uh, when, when you looked at it on paper, one of the best teams in the East, there's nothing, there's, there's nothing really to be angry about anymore. LeBron lost the finals. You know, they don't look that great this year. Um, LeBron's constantly complaining, talking about how, uh, you know, how it was with the Heat and how he's trying to make Cleveland the Heat, and he can't. What's there to be upset about? There's nothing to be angry about anymore. Do you feel like they don't look great? Because, I mean, they have they have the best record in the East. and they've. I mean, I know they had a weird loss last night, but they've looked pretty good. I mean, they're one game up on us and on what? I think, or are they, are they tied with the Pacers right now? Are the Pacers ahead of Miami? I think, I think so. so. Wait, I think they're, what, 10, 11 and 5? Really? I mean, I know they've been playing well, but I didn't know that they had jumped the Heat. It's not like the Heat have dropped a lot of games. No, Pacers are legit. I mean, um, they, I want they, Paul they've George. been really, really good. I really want Paul George. You're right. There's they're, they're number two? They're number four, actually. Yeah. No, Indiana. I mean, I'm at, I'll touch about the Heat. No, yeah. They're, uh, they're a game back on Cleveland. Miami is two games back on Cleveland. Chris Boss says something interesting. Um, he said six ga- 16 games in, if you told me 10 and 6, I'd take that. Yep. Is, are they exactly where we expected them to be? I believe so. I think or, so. Or yeah. I, I had more expe- – well, I say I had less expectations for this team, but I feel like the fan base had more. I feel like the fan base expected them to be 11 and 5 or, or 14 and, and 4 or something. No, I'm just happy we're above 500 <laughs> at this point. I really am. <laughs> Hashtag goals. After yeah. last season, man, hold on. I just, we were a different fan base now because come on, I'm happy that we're above 500. Hey, at least the Dolphins can't say that. <laughs> Listen, what I look at is I say, okay, look, what what are they doing out on the court? They're one of the best defensive teams in the league. And I think, and I, I've listened to Levitard, I've listened to other people, and they say, oh, is that sustainable? It is sustainable because – the guys that they are that are out there that are performing at a high level defensively are going to continue to perform at that high level. And then you look at offensively. I mean, if anybody thought that coming into this season with a brand new starting lineup that's barely played together, that we were going to be some offensive juggernaut. And then not to mention, if you know who Spo is, you know, we it, it, it's not LeBron out there. You know, what, what we put together, that wasn't going to be an offensive juggernaut to begin with. Plus, Getting those, getting five talented offensive guys on a starting lineup to gel quickly—it's almost impossible. You're, you'd, you'd see a, a more a more cohesive offense if you only had two or three dominant scorers, or one or two dominant scorers, and a bunch of role players. You Look have at five Indiana. guys. Look at Indiana. Exactly, exactly, because they know who the ball goes to, and the other guys play their roles. Now we have, we have, we have. Four or five guys, and every at any point on, on on the floor, who can all create and do what they need to do to score. So you know, to to figure out how that's going to work is going to take some time. Well, Miami's a middle in the pack offensive team, one hundred and one offensive rating. They're literally like slap in the middle of the league. And I, I guess what I really want to get into is this notion of Dragic playing bad because I mean he is not playing good. But the lineups that are most effective all feature Drogic. That small ball lineup, Drogic is at the center of it. Why are we complaining when the best lineups have him out there? I mean, the same reason people are complaining about Josh Margaret's because if he's not making his shots, that's the most glaring thing you can see. Most people can't read what a defense. But McRoberts is an on assignment the best, like. the second most effective lineup in the NBA. And most people don't look that information up outside of us. Yeah, but but I mean, the you're talking about the Twitter. casual Heat fan, or you're talking about an avid? No, I'm talking heat about fan. the Heat Twitter. I mean, we all the follow Heat community. Okay. similar, very similar people. Like at least in the Heat Twitter community, like they know they know the information, but they complain. Uh-huh. My what I what I see is it's everybody just wants everyone wants accounting stats. Yes, you know that's what that's how we're we're that's how we were brought up. You know when. We want points, rebounds, and assists. But when you look at Dragic's play, I will admit the first half—you know—the first half of these games, he was horrid. I mean, he was just bad. Oh, he was bad. But if you look, look at him over the last two weeks, I mean, and and Ethan put this out today, um, or was it Manny Navarro? I'm not sure. He's holding uh, opposing guards. His, his defensive assignment 
6.7, I think it was 6.7% under their average field goal percentage. On defense, he is playing great defensively. Like, he if is you playing watch very him, well. He is everywhere on that side of the court. I mean, he, he's doing exactly what he needs to do. And then offensively, you know, he, has been, he has been picking his spots and he has been finishing around the rim in the last three or four games, maybe even longer than that. I'd have to look it up. Um, but I see, I think if a lot of people don't see 20 points, uh, eight assists and five rebounds, they think he's had, he's had a bad game, but it's, it's more than that. If, if, in my opinion, what, what's been very interesting and what Drogic to me is kind of how Luol Deng plays defense. Luol Deng has matchups that he's good at and matchups that he can't do. Like he can guard LeBron. We've seen him do a good job on LeBron. He can't guard quicker guys because he just cannot keep up laterally. I think Drogic has the same problem. So if Jeff Teague roasts him, it's not Drogic's fault. Drogic's body can't do that, but he does well every other night. And I think the fan base sees those plays where he gets blown by maybe once or twice a game, and they use that and they hold this up of, look, he's not playing defense. He's getting torched. And also when a lot of times the point of the defense is to funnel guys into Hassan. They're supposed to get well, – sometimes you, that's what the defense does. I haven't seen as much complaining about him defensively lately because you really can't complain. Now, also, there's been a lot of Jose Calderon in that mix. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. you kind of have, yeah. <laughs> have to chalk that up. Well, they're, and Ricky they Rubio. haven't played good teams, though. They have not. Which is what I'm worried about because they have really good defensive numbers against eh, teams. Next. Yeah, but – Twice. Everybody plays. Everybody plays these. Everybody plays these teams. Your 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 season long defensive stats. Uh, it's built up on a lot of def- a lot of bad teams. Oh, of course. Nobody plays great teams every single night. Your defensive rating has a lot of uh, Philadelphia and you know and the Lakers. You know, it's it's not. Everybody has. Everybody builds defensive numbers on those teams. So to say that the, their defensive numbers are just because of who they played, I mean, they have played Atlanta. They have played Cleveland. Um, they, they've, you know, they played the Pacers. They have played good teams. And it's not like the team is scoring 120 on them either no. at the same time. You know, you're, you're, you're absolutely – and that the Atlanta game was close – uh, and the, the Atlanta didn't reach 100, but it was close. Uh, the Rockets were an alleged good offensive team, and – and we saw what happened there. The Raptors are good. However, the Raptors have a matchup problem with Miami. I think it's been clear lately. Mm-hmm. And true. Indiana, they lost, but they don't have. I don't. Outside of the Minnesota loss, do they have bad losses? Because I don't even think that Celtic loss is that bad. It's not a bad. That's loss. a good question. I mean, it's at home, but it's maybe the Cleveland loss. Maybe that's not a bad loss either. I mean, and I don't even think the Detroit loss is that bad either because Detroit just shot out of their minds. That's true. Thanks to Detroit, was that game was. You can't take nope, a they, lot they, from that was, game. It was impossible for them to win that game. There was just literally there was no way they could have won that game. One of the worst three point shooting teams in the league score sets a record, a franchise record for three points made. Mm-hmm. Listen, you throw that you throw that tape along with the tape with Paul Millsap hitting oh. four threes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that is a, that is, podcast. That Paul Millsap game. How many times have we talked about that, Brian? A hundred in the last five years. A hundred still. I mean, God, I, I'll never forget that. I, I can't believe that. I cannot believe to this day that that happened. I still have nightmares about Paul Millsap. Are you I, kidding me? I don't trust any lead anymore. No, <laughs> no I, I, I don't trust any league since that, uh, that, that Dallas game, what, two? Of oh, the game, 20, game two. Oh, you know what's funny? Finals, that we, uh, we were talking about this with somebody on Twitter. I don't remember. Alf, and I'm sure that you probably have some, something insightful to say. We're talking about the lasting image of Game 2 against the Mavericks, the one that they lost, that they blew the lead. And I'll never forget LeBron going for a layup and it hitting the bottom of the rim. Yeah. Like you remember, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm going I'm to tell you something about that Mavs series. I have erased so much of that from my, me- <laughs> it's my memory. Gone. <laughs> it, it's gone. It's advanced therapy right there. I, I can remember great moments in in in, in the la- in the big in the big three era. You, I can barely remember a single thing that happened that series. I I went into such a hole after that series. I I'm telling you, it was I was I was like in a cave for months. I came out. I, I was a, I, my beard was down to my 
down to my chest. I, I, I couldn't, people didn't recognize me. It was, that was the roughest time of my life as a basketball player. That was really bad. I remember not wanting to listen to any radio. Do you remember what Levitar did the day after that series ended? I didn't listen to radio. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I did. And what he did was because they were still a local show. So the very first segment <laughs> was calls for Chris Mortensen. Dolphins calls for Chris Mortensen. <laughs> <laughs> like that was for 10 minutes, dude. And like obviously the audience plays along. And then somebody's like, talk about the heat. And Dan just hung up on them. <laughs> football. football. <laughs> I do remember. I actually do remember that. I that was, really do. That was brilliant, man. Wow, that series was terrible. Oh, my God. I don't even want to think. Can I, ask you guys, can I ask you guys something? Shoot. Sure. The... I keep seeing everybody saying we need we need to trade such and such whoever pick pick your flavor of the moment for a three point shooter. Josh McRoberts. Is that the case, or do we just need to shoot? Oh, I am totally with you. They need to get their three point attempts up because that's uh, Tom Habersfield. I don't know if you heard uh, Alpha. I know you listen to Ethan a lot. He was on Ethan's show a week or two ago. He was talking about how three-point attempts are just as important as three, uh, just as important as three-point percentage. How the more attempts you get up, the better you are. It's not necessarily pretend, percentage; it's just attempts. And they need to get. McRoberts is afraid to shoot. He's allergic to shooting. Listen, and I'm I'm not I, I'm not big on bashing guys sixteen games in the season. And I won't bash McRoberts because I really like. I think he's game. good. No, I think he's really good. But but what it is is. Everything that he does, he renders ineffective by the fact that he will not shoot the ball. Exactly. To keep the defense honest, he has to shoot because he wants to pump fake, drive into the lane and kick. But no one's honoring his pump fake. They're standing six feet away and daring him to shoot, and he won't shoot. So until McRoberts decides that the way to make this work is I have to shoot when I'm open – He's, he's going to continue to – I mean, I don't think he's struggling right now, but I think we really could use his shooting and use his playmaking, and I think it would be more effective if he actually would shoot the ball from time to time. I think he should shoot the ball more from time to time so he can gain some confidence if he sees some of them go in. I feel like I he's just completely scared. Like, you can tell a difference between Tyler Johnson shooting and Josh Roberts. There's a total, like, polar opposite between their just confidence levels and – I really wish Josh Roberts could just find his stroke back, and I really think if he just made a couple more baskets in a game, I think that would make wonders for him. What do you guys think McRoberts' three-point percentage is this year? I think like 20% at best. Okay, so Brian's going 20%. Alphonse, what do you think? I'd say low 40s. You're in low 40s, and he's shooting 16% from three. Jeez. Well, 17 if you round up. <laughs> round up. Is it 17 percent? If you round up uh, more, he it's 20. has 18 attempts. See, that's a problem. He needs more attempts. That's not even like not one enough. attempt a game. He some he has almost as many free throw attempts if that is fathomable. And almost like half those attempts came in that one piston game. That's right. <laughs> He's three for 18. Oh. I think Curry shoots that in a game. Nah, he shoots yeah, 10 again. He's not shooting it though. So, and, and then when he shoots it, it's almost like, uh, uh, okay, I'll shoot it. And by that time, he's out of rhythm. I mean, like, that's like every th- almost uh, like 90% of the threes I've seen him take are completely out of rhythm, where it's he's so open, he can't pass it. He's and he never has to shoot. He's never been a guy, because, I mean, if you look through his career, it's a lot of 10 attempts 23, 60, 84. 55, 29, I guess those were one season he was on different teams. The only season he shot over 100 threes was the year before he came to Miami in Charlotte where he had 291 threes and shot 36%, which is is good. So I don't understand why after that. I mean, I know uh, last year he was hurt and he only shot nine. He's almost matched his total for last year, um, and he only played 17 games. He's played 16 games this year. So last year he wasn't really shooting a lot also in similar minutes played. Well, it's just funny when you look at the at the year that got him a contract, he's, he's yeah. part of what got him a contract. And those contract years. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see Westbrook in a contract year. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> he's going to take every shot. 42 points a night. Does he want Durant to stay? I think he does, but I think a part of him doesn't want him to stay. I think I think 80% of Westbrook wants Durant to stay and like a little 20% wishes he wasn't there. <laughs> we should ask See, him. I, I think Westbrook is all about he just wants to win, but he thinks and he might he's probably right that the best way for them to win is for him to I mean just completely take over the game at, at any given at any moment's notice. And that, so I don't I don't think he'd want Durant to leave because I think he wants to win. But I think at the end of the day, he thinks that he's the reason they, they're going to win and not not so much Durant. No, he fans want Durant to leave. You think that he thinks that Durant's a better player than him? No, no. I, actually, I think that he wants to win, so he wants a player as good as Durant on his team. But I don't think um, – I think he thinks he if they are going to win, he will be the reason they win. But do you think that Russell Westbrook believes in his head that I, Russell Westbrook, am a better basketball player than Kevin Durant? I think Russell Westbrook thinks he's a better basketball player than Michael Jordan. Come on. Probably the only person with more confidence than Russell Westbrook is Mario Chalmers. Yes. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Say that one more time. Say that one more time. I think the only person that has more confidence than Russell Westbrook is Mario Chalmers. There There we go. We have production value. <laughs> I hate that sound because it's so loud and it feels out of place. I hate it. I hate all your sounds because they're all crappy. It's just jelly. You're peanut butter and jelly. No, I don't want anything. I hate all the sounds, Alf. And they're new. They're like new to this season's podcast, and I hate them all. Yeah, you want me to call a jelly school and ask him if he qualify for a jelly scholarship? No, I don't want anything. And I don't play it or I'm going to hang up. <laughs> I'm going to hang up. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, my God. Where were we? See, now you've distracted me. I'm, I'm out of my game now. Oh, let's complain about Dwayne Wade because that's always fun. Um, and, Alf, I want to get your opinion on this. I think Dwayne is like South Florida's punching bag because when he's not doing good, everyone pounces on him. But when he's great, everybody adores him and, like, there's a reverence for him. Why does that happen? It's weird. You Like, have you noticed? I think with Dwayne, I I don't know if people. I mean, do people really pounce on Dwayne? I, you know, yes, all the time. I can't like I see it all over my timeline. It's like when he was like the contract dispute. Like it was fifty fifty. Like half of them wanted out, half of them wanted to stay. Listen, there's 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 just a segment of miserable Twitter, man. <laughs> like Twitter's a sad place, dude. Oh, I'm telling Twitter. Twitter can be the most fun and just the most miserable. Just. I mean, like, the Heat lose, and you, I mean, fire spoke, like, it's, you know, there's a whole fire spoke crowd, there's a trade Wade crowd, man, like, Twitter. Trade Dan crowd's my oh, favorite, because they Dan. don't even know what they want to do. I hate that crowd. They hate them they so much. Because, and, and all the, what happens they don't know, is. They don't know the game, Alf. They should learn the game. They need to learn the game, like my, like my good, good friend Spoon always says. They you're, need the to only, learn. you're the only guy on Heat that Spoon likes. I think I think <laughs> this, I think everybody's blocked. I think we're all blocked except for you. I'm not blocked. Oh, you're not blocked. That's because I never tweet though. He blocked me because I was critical of the Heat once. Oh, <laughs> I like I, I like. No, I used to be blocked. We, I mean, we've had it out a number of times. <laughs> if if you haven't been blocked by Spoon, you're not part of Heat Twitter. I guess I'm not oh, part of Heat Twitter. Blocked and unblocked each other a number of times until I finally listen. You just gotta understand where Spoon is. He's just passionate, man. And, cares, and he man. Just, he cares, and he just thinks we're all stupid. <laughs> he cares so much, man. And he no, knows I give so that. much more than us. He cares. He really does. I, I, I will commend him that, man, that guy. Like, I don't know anybody else that cares like he does. I wonder how he gets after losses. Like, bad ones. It's just, like, the yeah, Millsap ones. He despondent. He, he has to be. <laughs> like, and, when that Millsap game happens, what's happening with Spoon? The spoon is. T- I mean, there are things broken. There are walls <laughs> torn down. He his house gets remodeled after a really good random scrub heat killer game. Oh he's God. he's he's incensed. <laughs> Who made up random scrub heat killer? Because that's awesome. Like that's perfect. Because it's so true. Oh, I have so much. Do we do we know who made that up? Because it's like the most true thing in the world. I feel like it's the same person that made flyingdeathmachine.exe. I love that. <laughs> Let me tell you something. He 
He Twitter's Twitter the best. Been. We're creative. It's the best. They're the best. Hey, but you know what the worst part of what he Twitter is? Try to explain to somebody who's not on Twitter what he Twitter is. Oh my God. My friends don't understand. No, you look like a weirdo. What are you talking about? He Twitter. What are you like? You look, they think you're, what are you doing? Are you on the internet all day? So they, they don't yeah, get it. I, I get made fun of that we're at bars and I'm like staring at my phone and they're like, why aren't you watching the game? And I'm like, I am watching the game, but I have companions. I'm like, but we're here. And I'm like, but you're not as fun. Yeah, I, I'm watching the game with, my, with, with the people I like watching games with. Yes, you always have company. You guys are physical company, but the people I actually want to talk to are all on Twitter right now. Yes, I, we, we all have to make our jokes. Like we all have to get the same joke in. I love when everybody gets the same joke in. I love when we all play, of course, at the same time. Every huh? yeah. You recap that every single time. Or it's like when something really good happens and you don't know what to say, you just put the player's name with an exclamation point. Bosh. Bosh. Boshy Bear. I like that one. Boshy. Boshy Bear. Boshy Q. No, yeah, where did the Q come from? What, what is the Boshy Q thing? I, I never got that. I just rode with it. That Esquire. No. No. <laughs> What'd you say, Brian? ESQ. Esquire. Why is it Boss? I don't know. I feel like that might be his middle name, Q something. When Wade does something, you see chef, 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 chef. Yes, cook. 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 Chef Wade. Chef Boyard D. Wade. I love that one picture with him with a hat and him standing with his arms up. When did when did Dwayne stop doing the pull-ups on the rim? Because that happened, and I don't know when it happened. I just know it stopped happening. I don't know. He's not, is he still? Is he still jumping over the security guy? I don't know. Is he, is he doing that? Are you guys ever noticed? I haven't noticed. He stopped that too. No, I don't know if he stopped it. He's been doing it for a while. Where he leapfrogs one of the security. Yeah, yeah. Is it yeah, the bald guy? That that scary bald guy? No, not, not scary. No, he's not leapfrogging the scary bald guy. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. He rubs his head on the way up. <laughs> that, guy's, that guy has a name. No, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows that guy's name is dead. Let me tell you something, man. Nobody at the organization ever answers emails. I've emailed everybody in public relations. I never for for the university. We do have a radio show at FIU, and I tried to get like the tenth guy on the bench on. I tried to get I don't know George or somebody, and they wouldn't even answer my emails. I was like, you guys are the worst. I thought they had a good public relations department. I guess I thought so too. Yeah, they just like their guys. They don't want to help out a university. They're like, who wants to talk to? It's like the Marlins. I asked for a Marlins player, and they said no. And I'm like, you're the Marlins. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk the to anybody. Be, the Marlins should be happy if I invite one of their players to my kid's birthday party. So <laughs> they, the Marlins better yeah. appreciate the two games I go to. Like, God. Have you been to the stadium? Oh yeah. The best best part about Marlins nice. games is going to the Cleveland there. I don't even I've never I've been to like three Marlins games. I I can't tell you the score or who they played in any of them. Oh, the best part of Marlins stadium is who they played. The best part of Marlins stadium is their hand croquetta sandwich. They do? Yeah. Where? So good. I don't they know. I forgot. Craft, they have good craft beers, man. Yeah, they, they have, have a like Cuban a nice place. Place. Yeah, a really good Cuban sandwich place. I don't know. They have everything, dude. I I love going to that park. The Heat have stepped up. Man, the Heat have stepped up their uh, their food at the stadium. I mean, it's still expensive, yeah, but it's was, good. No, last time I was there, I was like, oh, it's like it's, it was completely different. I don't I go to a lot of Heat games because I live just south of Orlando in West Palm. So, oh my God, that's so far. Yeah, I don't get down there too much. Jesus, everybody that's lives up north. I've noticed that everybody lives in Broward. Or like yeah, Coral like everybody Springs, on, yeah. Everybody on E-Twitter is like Broward. I'm like, oh, I work in Broward. I don't know. Like the Sea Palm Beach guys. Sea Palm Beach guys. Mostly Broward. Um, oh, so we were get, we were complaining about Dwayne before he got derailed. He's shooting like 40% this year. And uh, when has that ever been acceptable for, for Wade? Because like, I don't think anybody's talking about that. And it's kind of weird. Like he's just like really ineffective. And I don't think that'll get fixed. I think we have new high-paid punching bags. So, wait, and I don't, and I think I think part of what's happening with Wade is is a function of the dysfunction of the offense. I feel like a lot of times Wade is put in a position at the end of a shot clock to do something when nothing else has worked, 
So you you see a lot of bad shots, but a lot of times you're like, well, it was the only shot we could get. When I get more upset is the bat, like, you know, at the end of that Boston game where we're taking bad shots early in the shot clock, you know, just hero ball. It was just, there was a lot of nonsense going on at the end of that game. But for the most part, I feel like even, even with the efficiency numbers down, I feel like Wade's had a decent start to the year. Uh, considering how little rhythm there is in the offense, I think it's bad for him, but okay for for anybody else. Like at his age, that's pretty decent, but for him, it's not good. Well, yeah, I mean, but we all we all got to realize where he's at in his career. He, I mean, to ask him to get to the rim and still be putting up fifty five, fifty seven percent, twenty three points per game, five rebounds, five assists for a season. I think at this point it's kind of far fetched, no? I, to be honest with you, I was surprised that he was able to shoot forty-seven percent on that many attempts last year, and I knew it was going to happen eventually. But it just like it kind of happened fast, like, and that that's kind of how that stuff happens. Like he looked really good offensively the other night, uh, but length length has always bothered him. Like the Celtics put length on him, and when they doubled him, and he that always bothered him. But I, I'm just been surprised on how quickly like it's happened in stages. Like from one year to the next, when LeBron was here, he was just unathletic. I don't know when that happened. I, I mean, I know when it happened, but like it just happened overnight. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, after I that think I see some of this explosive, explosive, explosiveness back. Um, not all of it, of course. We're not. We're not. We're, it's not 2009 anymore. But I feel like he's healthier than he's been. He looks healthier. He moves better than he was. Uh, at certain points last year, especially uh, the last year of the Big Three, where, I mean, towards the end of that season, man, he looked like a player on the verge of just of, of just going to complete Wash City. But um, I feel like this year he's he's looked more spry than he has in recent in in, in recent memory. Uh, Alf, I want to I want to touch uh, expand upon something you said about uh, his shot selection. Like a lot of times, he has to shoot late in the shot clock. The majority of his shots are coming from uh, 15 to 7 seconds in the shot clock, which he's shooting 40% at. Everything else is, I mean, obviously early in the shot clock on transition and quick baskets like that, he has a high percentage. But pretty much the the, the bulk of his shots are coming in the middle, and he's shooting 40% on them. So that's not necessarily... on when he has to shoot, but I do think that has part to do with spacing and part to do that he's taking a lot of jump shots. A lot. Oh, I mean, his mid-range game last year was really working for him, and I think he's he's really going... I mean, that's his bread and butter now, and that's what happens to players aging. They move farther and farther away from the basket. Well, against the Celtics, uh, and Brian, if you're still there, feel free to chime in. He was getting to the rim whenever he wanted, and he was he had that that change of pace dribble that the, he was finishing with both hands. Like he looked like Dwayne again, without the, the well barely dunking. Well, I mean, didn't that change really when they put Avery Bradley back on him? No, it did. And I think that I think then there you have it. And I think you know, and then at that point, I guess where I got a little bit frustrated, it was instead of saying, "Okay, Dave." They've they've got an answer for me right now. Let me see where else we can go with this. He was still trying to, I guess, do it himself. And then and then it, it was either him or Gerald Green shooting, <laughs> shooting <laughs> <a> <laughs> ridiculous three pointers. But you know what it is. If those shots go in, we're like, oh man, you know, it's you know, it's one game, make or miss league. It's just it's just how it goes. And I think it's early in the year. I think we should be. I think I think we should. I think we should be pleased with the defense and hopeful about the offense. That's how I feel right now. I mean, honestly, I feel like the reason why Dwayne Wade hasn't been as efficient as of late, and most of the team hasn't been efficient, even Bosch at this point in the season, it has to do with just the spacing of the team in general. We're, we're not getting the driving lanes that we're so accustomed to seeing over the past couple seasons. And if we really just had a little bit more spacing on the corners, just like one guy, if Dang could just, or either Dang or Winslow can continue to make some open jump shots and and i mean it's hard to play white side with bosch at points because they just they don't even attract that much of the corners they're they're trying to trap the lane most of the time and now they're double teaming white side on those lob attempts so 
it's almost becoming really hard for Wade just to get inside, even Dragic as well, to get a, a quality shot. Well, what the Celtics said, what I thought was interesting, was they were doubling Wade uh, off the pick and roll, and Dwayne Dwayne's used to keeping the ball. Off, like he's not a like guys like Chris Paul and other guys get rid of the ball as soon as that double comes because then you make the defense have to rotate. Dwayne's never been that guy because he's always been good at splitting defenders and passing over. But the Celtics put length on him, and as you saw, he tried to pass the ball, but that length was bothering him. He couldn't get it to Bosch. He couldn't get it to Whiteside inside. And I, I have a feeling that's how people are going to start defending him in, in the future. Oh, yeah. I read an article, I think, on Basketball Breakdown. I believe they were talking about the same issue of Whiteside and and, uh, and Bosch on the floor and how they're better off when only one of them is on the court and the other one replaces him off the bench. Uh, essentially, what I was reading is when we do go inside the lane with both of them on the floor, we have the most attempts of passing out inside the lane. We just pass it out, and we pretty much start a new play over. And I, honestly, that's not good. <laughs> I, well, and, and something Levitard said bothered me. I think he said it yesterday was he doesn't like Bosch shooting that many threes. I think Bosch should be shooting more threes. He's shooting 36%, um, something like four attempts or something. Uh, he sh- that number should go up so he can coexist with Whiteside, spread the floor, take a big out. It, and if they play small, he can go inside more. But if he's going to play along Hassan, you know, he has to stay planted there. And it's not that it's diminishing him as a player. His numbers will go down, but it will help the spacing on the team. Absolutely, and, and, and pretty much right now on this team, we only have Tyler Johnson, Chris Bosh as your most efficient three-point shooters. Gerald Green slowly coming back to life, but really those three are the only guys you can kind of count on night in and night out. Another thing um, that we haven't talked about is Dwayne's assisted versus unassisted field goals. Uh, Dwayne has 77 unassisted field goals. He only has 25 assisted field goals, so... It's pretty much him trying to go to work and make something happen, right. which at his age, I, I, like, I think to keep his efficiency up, Drogic is going to have to play better so that Dwayne can play off of Drogic and off of the other guys on the team to be able to kind of get something going and, and maybe get some better shots and get that uh, assisted number up. Alf, you've been quiet. Well, yeah, but if you, if, you, if you remember during the Big Three era, a lot of, Wade was getting so much off of... Uh, off of cuts to the basket and pinpoint passes from LeBron. Who's getting away those passes right now? Nope. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there really isn't anybody. You know, there's nobody to create for Wade, so Wade has to do it himself. Even Dragic, when he breaks down a defense and gets to the lane, Dragic isn't looking to pass. And that's <laughs> one thing. He puts his head down and he's going to the rim. So even if Wade can do all the backdoor cutting he wants, it's it's not – like you like you guys are saying, the spacing isn't there. White side's clogging the middle. So when Wade has to go to work, I mean, Chef has to cook by himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. You know, the 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 ball movement of the big three era is not where it's not there anymore. Because right now, if I don't know if you guys agree, Wade is the best passer on the team, and that's really not a great thing. I mean, no, McBobs. It's not. <laughs> what, what were you saying, Brian? McBobs. Bob's Bobberts. No, but but I think what Alpha's saying is that as a playmaker, Dwayne's passes are very effective. Like his pa- his assists create points. Yeah, at this point, Wade is the best playmaker. I feel like Winslow has the capability to become a better playmaker, but he hasn't had the, the ball in his hands as much. Um, unless the both most- unless both Dragic and Wade are out of the game. Yeah, we can't we we we, sh- we can't really depend on Winslow to to create for us. So we gotta we gotta we gotta. We have to depend on Dragic, which I think lately he has been better at finding Bosch, um, finding Whiteside a few times. I mean, he's still not where Wade is. And and one thing I've noticed on a pick and roll where with, with LeBron, it used to be pick and roll with Bosch. Man, he's looking for Bosch as soon as as soon as he turns the corner. Dragic, it seems like he turns the corner. He's looking to score. He gets stopped. Now he's looking back to Bosch. And by the time he's looking back to Bosch, someone's recovered on Bosch. I think that partly has to do with how Drogic is defended and partly his size. Because LeBron's a big guy, so when LeBron turns the corner of that pick and roll, it didn't really matter because he can jump higher than you and he's 6'8". So those passes off the pick and roll are so much easier for him than Goran Drogic. Now, like obviously guys like Steve Nash have have always been turned the pick and roll and you're you're getting a dunk. But yeah. yeah, to what you're saying is is absolutely so. Drogic is looking to score more so than 
giving it to the big on the pick and roll. And how much which does is White- a problem with him? Yeah, Whiteside uh, really hates those bounce passes. Yeah, that you know that's a great point, and I'm surprised nobody has really brought that up. What's that? Whiteside and bounce passes are no bueno. Oh. It just slows him down. <laughs> Not even slows him down. If he puts the ball anywhere below his waist, it gets taken from him. Yes. <laughs> Sports view, get on that. I want to know how many of those uh, shots have been taken. Uh, going back to wait for one second, the most damning stat I can see is 166 of his shots are jump shots and 52 are layups. Field goal yes. attempt is, is under 15. 106, and he's shooting 35%. On those jump shots. Only 22 threes. So it's not like the three-point attempts are, are like, you know. I'm surprised he has 22 threes. <laughs> 22, 22 attempts. Six <laughs> makes. Why does that mean? 22 attempts. D- Dwayne is shooting a higher. Dwayne has taken more threes than McRoberts and is also shooting a higher percentage at 27. Am I the only one? If Dwayne's going to shoot that far away, I'd rather him start shooting more threes. I'd rather uh, him I'm shooting at- threes too. I would like. Oh, to actually, the- mm, I think it kind of depends because I don't think he's that good at threes, man. He's woof. That's bad. Yeah, but if you're if you're gonna shoot, if if you're gonna be shooting from that far away, might as well take a couple steps back. If we're, I mean, what do you, what do you say? He's shooting on 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 jump shots, thirty six percent, thirty five. I mean, thirty five percent. You know, you, you might as well take your chances. With, I'm not saying shoot a lot more threes. But it's just like with everybody else. And you look at other teams who better offensive teams. They get that ball. If they're at the three-point line and they have a little bit of space, they're throwing that ball up. I mean, they're shooting those threes. And early in the shot clock, that's where, you know, they're picking up the pace. They're getting more shots up. The, the game is flowing smoother. Our guys, we get that ball in the three-point line. It's pump fake, dribble, kick. Pump fake, dribble, kick. Pump fake, dribble, kick. And then now we're down to five seconds left in the shot clock, and someone's taking a, a fadeaway jumper from the free throw line. I mean, it, 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 it seems like a lot of that is happening. Dwayne Sagan, I mean, like, Dwayne's shooting 35% off fadeaways. And that number was actually really high last year. It was like 56%. And when I was watching film, I would notice that he was getting so much separation on that turn because guys were so scared of the pump fake. So guys were laying off of him. Because they didn't want him to draw the foul. And I haven't... Has he drawn a lot of pump fake jumping into you fouls? Because maybe he should probably do that a little more to open up his uh, his jump shot. I haven't seen it personally as much as I usually do. Uh, I haven't either. I would kind of like it. Because I'm telling you, last year I was watching all all his fadeaway shots. Uh, you can, oh, By the way, whoever wants to look at that, it's all on NBA.com slash stats. I always tell our writers it's a great tool because like it has all the shots that they've taken, each specific type. Yeah, they clip great it up, right? Stats. Huh? They have it uh, clip by clip too, right? Yeah, they have it like uh, shot by shot, and you can look at specific things. And I remember watching Dwayne's fadeaways when I was writing for something last year, and he was getting so much separation because it would appear like the defenders just had wanted no part of that pump fake, and he's not really done that this year. You want to hear a uh, really glaring? It's just not working. I, I don't. I, I mean, I haven't looked at numbers or anything. Just by like looking, I haven't noticed. I don't know if anybody else has. Well, you should do an update on that story. We'll tease it for next week. Okay. I'm doing Hassan. I'm actually with Hassan. Okay. What I'm, uh, what I'm wondering more is, are they just giving him that shot? Like, why, you know, are they just saying, okay, we'll live and die with a, with, with, with Wade's mid-range game? I think that's part of it, too. Uh, I just thought that when he went up, like, when he were to get the ball, they, were, they, they would give him a little space. But when he would turn, they just gave him all the space. Like, you know, he, how he does a little turn on the fadeaway. Like, that's when he got all his space. Because, like, when he would catch the ball, they'd kind of play him, like, in a middle ground area, kind of giving him more of the jump shot than the drive. But uh, last year he was pretty decent on jump shots. He was shooting, like, 40% on mid-range shots, especially pull-ups. So, you know, um, again, but, not great, but decent. I think all of this has to be taken with a grain of salt and say it's been 16 games. Oh, it's only been 16 games, but my my biggest concern is they haven't played a lot of good teams. So we're saying it's only 16 games, and now that the schedule is going to get a little rough, you know, like Oklahoma, like they lost on Monday. That's that's gone. So now they're going to have Oklahoma City and then Cleveland, which they could lose both of those games. Yep. And then we're having different conversations, and it's not wise to do that. 
it's not wise to overreact for just a week of basketball. But you know that's going to happen. They're going to if they lose the next two games, which they might. Everybody's going to overreact oh, for just a bad game, week. I might have to deactivate my Twitter account. Like, oh god, it's going to be it's yeah. going to be hell on earth. I mean, really, what's the our best? going to be a bloodbath. I mean, <laughs> you know, friends are going to turn on friends, brothers against brothers. Oh god, it's going to be bad. No radio. So many trade McBobs. And by the way, this is all without Luol Deng, who we said in the beginning of the show is a crucial part of their best lineup. Yep. Defensively. Right. And he's one of the he's one of the few willing shooters. And he, he lets them play small the way they want to. Brian, what were you gonna, what were you saying? No, I'm just saying, what's our best win this year? The Houston game? Probably. No, right. no. Uh the, the, the Raptors game. Yeah. That was a good win. I mean, they don't really have a lot of them. I mean, I thought the Knicks win was pretty good, both of them. I mean, that's a decent team. Well, the first Knicks win, when they're coming off of three straight wins, all this hype, and you know, you, you shut them down, that was a good win. The Toronto win, I was actually at that game. That was a great win. Um, Houston, in retrospect, really wasn't that great of a win. I mean, it was, eh. it was if exciting. You, uh, if you a 40-point turnaround on any team, and then you you look back, man. That they are they are a terrible team, and they, they play have, right they play right into the Heat's hands with their with 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 the way they play basketball. Yeah, no, it, it's the way Miami wants to play, and they have guys that Miami can guard. Yep. So they yeah, but they haven't really beaten anybody. Like so, that's my main concern going forward. It's not that I want to look at the small sample and have an opinion. I'm just saying like. They're struggling, and the competition has not been good. Obviously, they need time to get it together, but it's only going to get more difficult for them to do that. But I guess it's better to have the easy schedule now than later. Sure. What were your expectations coming into the year? I thought they were going to be bad. I thought they were going to be below. I thought they were going to hover around 500 uh, to below 500 just because I felt that the offense wasn't going to be any good. I felt the defense was going to be really good. Um, but I felt the offense was going to struggle because they don't have shooters because uh, not necessarily Dwayne, but uh, Bosch coming off of, of not playing and Drogic getting older. So I, I had my concerns of this, mostly spacing. Um, and I, they've exceeded my expectations, to be honest with you. I mean, six games over 500 is not what yes. I expected for the start of the year. Did you think hovering around 500 for the season or for the first for the beginning of the season? For the, for the season. I just yeah, didn't I, think the offense was going to be. I didn't think the defense was going to be number one in the league. I thought it would be top ten. Um, Same here. And you know, and it was mainly because of McRoberts because I remember last year, in the limited time that McRoberts played, he and Bosch had like an eighty-eight defensive rating in the time that they shared the court together, which two very good defensive bigs. So I thought they were going to anchor the defense. I've been kind of wrong in that sense. It's really been the bench and Hassan. Not that Hassan. The, the team has a better defensive rating. Um, when the team's off, but Hassan's rim numbers are crazy this year. Well, when Hassan's in the game, it seems like, and I don't know the, the numbers on it, but it seems like the, the opposing team shots just keep coming further and further away from the basket. And now, no, it is. And then, but then when it comes to a team like Detroit, somehow they're making the, be, they're shooting the best three point game of the franchise's history. And you're going to get a beat on a night like that. But I, I sometimes you just, I, I guess you just, but here's the thing with today's NBA, you know, is is that rim is, is that rim protector as, as important as perimeter defense with the way teams are shooting three pointers now? I mean, it's it's something it's it's something. I mean, it's something to think about. You think you're doing the right thing by closing out the lane, but it seems like you close out the lane, teams are shooting more threes, and now. You got more. You got more guys on on a, on a team where you have so many three point specialists on any given team. Well, Tolliver was killing us. God, <laughs> random scrub heat killer supreme. Dude, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that guy. I mean, Brian, you had a Brian, you had an advanced stat thing to say. Can we do a Brian's time to shine with it? Fine, you re- okay? For for those of you who don't know, Brian always feels boxed out. Brian feels like uh, he doesn't get enough time. He feels like me and the co-host always talk over him because he's a ghost. So Brian has an allotted minute to talk about whatever he wants, and Brian has weird imaging for it. And now it's time for Brian's time to shine. Brian's got 60 seconds on the clock to 
talk about anything she wants. Here's your co-host, Brian Goings. I hate that little song. Yeah, so here we go. We got the Heat, right? They're seventh in the league in total drives per game. Per game, they're seventh in the league in total drives per game, according to Sports VU. But the Heat and their guards, their passing lanes, they drive and kick most than anybody in the league. And here's the advanced stat I wanted to point out. According to NBA.com slash stats, they don't score a high percentage of points off drive, just 56.6% of total points, which shows that their primary dribble penetration is always kicked out. And as of today, November, no, December 2nd, 2015, the Heat lead the league in pass percentage at 39.5. That's above second place, Philadelphia at 38.3, who obviously only this? have one game. Nope, they off spot. And that's Are it. Are you reading that? I got it. That's it. Were you reading it or, or did you write a script for yourself? I wrote a little script. <laughs> Make that infernal noise stop. God. It's you know, and Alf he he that's all voiced by himself. He did all the voice work. And I remember when he when he when he made that, he like came in and he like, look what I made, and he was so fucking pleased with himself. Brian's time to shy. What do you Yeah man? No, it's just time to shine. Who else would do the voice work on? Brian, how did you feel? How did you feel about your time to shine? Awesome. That might be your best time to shine. It was very, very educational. Yeah, it was awesome. I feel, I feel yeah, pleased. Well, you even pleased. fit it in right before the end of the show. <laughs> yep. I want to close on this note, and it's because we haven't talked about Kobe. And Alf, I want to get your very, very quick opinion on the Kobe Bryant 2015-2016 season. My opinion on it? Yes. It's clown show I've ever seen. <laughs> um, I think so I, I think it needs I think it needs circus music. I'm a, I I'm I'm a renowned Kobe hater. Renowned. Are I'm you? A, I didn't know that. Are you a Kobe hater? Oh, I figured I, you I were. I kind of figured, but I didn't know for sure. I can't stand Kobe. The me and Spoon and I's biggest uh, biggest confrontations are over the fact that I grew up a Laker fan. And I hate the Lakers because I hate Kobe so much. So to see him go down the tubes like this, I am enjoying every second of it. I love watching the highlights of him airballing threes. I love the fact that the this the sign of an aging superstar is him getting further and further from the basket. And Kobe encapsulates that like no other aging superstar I've ever Did seen. Did you see the shot he attempted like the night against the Sixers? It was like oh, in between. It was, it was Kobe glory time. <laughs> Did you see he made his first three? Oh, yeah. He made three, what, his first four? Yep. And all I saw on the timeline, oh, there's a big Kobe game coming that I see the next morning because I don't stay up that late because I'm an old man. But, I don't um, stay up that late either, man. Let me tell you something. I don't. I, old people get a bad rap. It's a working thing because I, I I work a full time job and I go to school. And man, let me tell you, I'm 23 and I get tired. I'm done by 10:30. Listen, 10:30 is too late for me. All right. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you, dude. I don't blame you. The Heat are playing. Only if the Heat are playing a West Coast game. But yeah, I'm enjoying. I because the the narrative on Kobe is so overblown. I mean, I've I personally, as a as a as a uh, a former Laker fan, have watched him shoot us shoot a team out of so many games. Uh, like his clutch numbers are terrible. They're really bad. Um, it, 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 and, I, and listen, he it, he is an all time great, but I just feel like the whole clutch, the whole the whole narrative on Kobe is just. I mean, when's the last time he's hit a, a, a game winning shot in a playoff game? I think it's like two thousand nine. But the narrative is, is completely different on the guy. And, uh, you know, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying his farewell season, his, his fail-well season. Fail-well season. Well, Kobe Bryant is on pace for the NBA's worst shooting season in 55 years. So glorious. Say that again? Kobe Bryant is on pace for the NBA's worst shooting season in 55 years. I'm going to get that tattooed on my back like a trailer. <laughs> That's a great way to end the show. <laughs> That's perfect. And that'd be a great tattoo. No, I just want to get Kobe's Game 7 box score uh, <laughs> in 2010 tattooed on my face, on my forehead. <laughs> that'd be great, dude. Yeah, and I've I, with with turnovers, by the way. Thank you, Ron Artest. 
Oh, right. yes. Metal uh, piece. Ronita saved him twice because he had that box out uh, put back at the buzzer against Phoenix the series before. The Chase, Jason Richardson forgot to box him out, and he, you remember he had a little putback off of yeah. Kobe Miss? Off of Kobe Miss. Yeah, with each great power saw Ronita Lamar Odom play, Kobe's legend grew, and that's what makes me sick. It's magical. I don't know how he did it. That's words of spoon. Magical. Matt, there you, there you go. We have to call this. Yes, Spoon needs to learn the game podcast. <laughs> I'll work on it. I'll work on it. I like it. We're gonna bring Spoon on. And so oh, I would love. It. Listen, Alf. You next time. Let's. You could probably do it. You have to get him on, and we have like a guest, like Spoon the guest. How fun would that be? It'd be a bloodbath, man. It'd be so much fun because I like him. I think he's cool. I think he's, he's so fun. Much, I just, he's so much smarter than all of us. He's easy, so trollable though. We just have a LeBron show special with him. Oh my God, yes. No, and listen, I said that LeBron and Lee Jenkins wrote that article to troll Spoon. <laughs> like they wrote that article just, <laughs> just to troll. <laughs> like it, 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 I, I felt like it was it was LeBron's payback for Team Petty. It was the pettiest thing I've ever seen because there's no it's, like th- that article was constructed to piss Spoon off. No, you're right. I've never thought of it that way, but wow, you're right. It was it was glorious too. His that timeline. I mean, I had to drop my phone. My fingers were melting. Oh, and dude, he, no, but he was he every day. It was every day. It man, no, he was on no, fire. I'm about, go back to his re- reaction to the the SI article on LeBron. It That's is. Great. I mean, he's losing it. He was, <laughs> we have he's to have so him on. Oh man. Alf, it has been a pleasure, sir. This was a lot of fun. We got to do this again. I'm glad you yeah, came on. Man. Hey, tell them about the story you wrote because you wrote a you write great columns. So, so t- tell them where to t- tell them what it is. So plug it. Uh, I wrote about just the um, basically it's a relationship I have with my son uh, and uh, my son's basketball team. I'm an assistant coach for the team, and that when I sit down with my son and I watch heat games. I want. I like him to focus on defense because I feel like it, you you'll always have a place on any basketball team you ever want to play for if you can defend on the perimeter. And uh, and I like I like having him watch Justice Winslow because Justice plays a way that I think anybody who watches just watches Justice he's he plays the way you want your kid to play or your your favorite player to play on especially defensively. And I mean he you know. Just like Tony Fiorentino says, he does his homework early, man. And he, he does his homework yeah. early, Eric. Uh, Tony Bingo. Anyway, he uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he picks it. I mean, he picks his guy up. I mean, that's what. And one of the things I tried to, when people were saying what a great job Gerald Green did on Melo, and yes, Gerald Green on ball defense on Melo was actually really good. But Melo plays in Gerald Green's hands because that's all Gerald Green could really do is one on one on ball defense. But what Justice was doing, he wasn't even letting Melo get the ball. And I think that's what great defenders do. That's what Shane Battier used to do. I mean, Shane Battier would, Shane Battier would tell you when a guy like Melo or Kobe gets the ball, you've already lost. Now you're just hoping that he misses. you got to do your work early. And, that, and, and that was a, well, that's what the column was really about. And usually, you know, with my writing, I just try to make it really relatable, stuff that people can, you know, read, laugh, you know. It's really nothing good. I suggest you all go to heatbeatmiami.com and check it out. If nothing else on the website, check out that because it's really, really good. Sir, it has been a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. Brian, you're whatever. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> all right. Twitter handles, Twitter <laughs> handles, Twitter handles. I just want to say thank you to both of you guys for giving me an outlet. Uh, writing is something that I, uh, I don't do a lot of. I enjoy doing, but... I get in my own head about it a lot of times, and you're very you good guys, at it. You should not be self conscious. No. There's no reason oh, but, to be. But what's great is that you guys are really patient with me, and I'm like, yeah, I'll write a column every week, and I write one every six months. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> Which, we, we want our we want and and whoever's interested in writing for us, we really want to be an outlet. We want to be the people's. We want to be the people's blog. Five right? fans, four fans, yeah. We're all about being the people's blog. Like we want smart analysis from people who care and from people who want to express themselves. So if you would like to write for Heat Beat, uh, DM Brian or or tweet at Brian or I at Gene. Tweet at the main account. Am I a Heat Beat? Yeah, tweet at the main account. Am I a Heat Beat? Uh, yeah, at Am I Heat Beat? And people like giving up. Uh, Alf, you've been tremendous. Your columns have been a hit. I think 
you, we had such a spike in, in hits over like 6,000 people oh, were yeah. reading your story. So like wow. that many people, that many people care about what you th- what you say and really like it. So thank you and thank all our staff uh, as always for, for what you guys have done. All right. That was really sappy. I hate that. <laughs> Johnny, where can he follow you? I said, at Genovus103. Brian, you? B-Y-B-R-I-A-N-G-O-I-N-S by Brian Goings. And one more time, Alf, where can they find you? At Alf954. The surliest. Yes. Yeah, with the greatest <laughs> Abby in the history. Who is that? That's Samuel Jackson and Django. Knew it. Is it? Oh, I haven't seen Django. I really want to see Django. I, the funny part is I couldn't stay in the movie, but I love that Abby. Is it bad? I love Sam. Uh, people love, I mean, people love Quentin Tarantino. They love, I, I'm not a big Tarantino fan, which will probably give me a b- bunch of hate mail. So There you go. You, le- you leave the podcast on a note. He, he <laughs> hates Tarantino. All right, boys, until next time, thank you all for listening. Check out the website. Check out Alps Column. Check out anything new that's coming up next week, like a story I'm doing on the Heat offense, which I promised for two weeks. <laughs> I'm doing one on so, pick and roll defense. <laughs> okay, nobody cares. I didn't ask you. All right, boys. Hey, thanks for everything, guys. Screw you. All right, guys. All right, all right bye. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.